Welcome to the Connection Point Church Podcast. We hope to be an encouragement throughout your week. New episodes are available every Sunday evening and Thursday evening. We also invite you to join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. Midweek, November 2nd. We're going to get into the word of the Lord tonight. Amen. I'm glad you're here. How many glad to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. I'm glad to be here. I'm, I remember my pastor used to walk into church as this music team was playing, and uh, who knows where he was, but he walked in, and uh, he would come up right to the pulpit right as he was getting ready to preach, and I was like, I want to do that one of these days, and so tonight is that night. Amen. Amen. We're going to get into the scripture. We're going to continue in our study in the book of Hebrews. Amen. We're going to going to take a look here in Hebrews, and we've been kind of going through Hebrews and Hebrews chapter 11. We've kind of stopped here as we've, as we've just discussed the theme of this book, that Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Amen. That, that, that what Jesus offers is a relationship with God that is better than a religion. Amen. About God, right? And so where, whereas the writer of Hebrews said, he said that he said that they that come to God must believe, amen, that He is, number one. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's what we're talking about. And number one, that you have to believe that He is. And so we know that, 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 that through, through religion, we, we learn what God is, that He is God, and we learn all about God. But then he said, but they must also believe that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. That's where the relationship comes in. And Jesus comes to offer us more than, than religion. He offers us relationship. And so not only do we know that God is, but he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, that he will do it for me, that he can and he will. Amen. Amen. And so we come to this portion of scripture here that we're going to turn to, if you have your Bibles, in Hebrews chapter 11. And I realize that sometimes as we read this this very familiar portion of scripture in Hebrews 11, that faith is the substance of of things hoped for, it's an evidence of things not seen, that sometimes that can be kind of a, a challenging scripture to kind of wrap our minds around. And I think it's helpful. I want to read it from a few different translations. So if we're going to just kind of run down these. This is from the NIV. Now, faith is the assurance. Go back up, back up. Faith is the assurance of, of or the confidence. There we go. The assurance of things hoped for. Amen. It's the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things that you haven't seen. Amen. Let's go to the next one. The, the, the Good News Bible it says, uh, the GNB, go to that next one there, that, that to have faith is to be sure of the things we hope for, to be certain of things that we cannot see. It's to be sure of things that we hope for. That's what faith is. Let's go to the American Standard Version, the ASV. Now, faith, now faith is assurance of things we've hoped for. It's a conviction. It's a conviction of things that we've not seen. Let's check out the New Living Translation. Faith shows us the reality of what we've hoped for. It shows us a reality of things that we've hoped for. It's an evidence, and it shows reality of things that we that we cannot see right now. Amen. Let's go to the God's Word Bible. Faith assures us of things we expect and convinces us of the existence of things that we cannot see. Amen. It assures us. It assures us. And then furthermore, the, the, the New English translation, the net translation, now faith is being sure of what we have hoped for, being convinced of what we do not see. Now let's turn to the good old-fashioned English Standard Version, beginning in verse 1. Let's read this again. Now faith is being sure. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen, for by it the people of old received their commendation. All right, verse 3. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God, so that we, what, we, what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. We talked about Abel, through which we commended. He was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Amen. Verse 5 goes on and it says, uh, by faith Enoch was, trans- was taken. He was taken up so they shouldn't see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. One more verse. Without faith, 
impossible to please him forever. Would draw near to God, must believe that he is, exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Keep going. It goes on. It says, by faith, here we go. Noah was warned by God concerning future events. We talked about that last week. He saved not only himself, but his household and thereby condemned the world and obtained righteousness that comes through faith. Verse 8 says, by faith, here we go. And this is who we're going to talk about tonight is Abraham. By faith, Abraham obeyed. Amen. When he was called to go out to a place, he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, get this, not knowing where he was going. Anyone willing to follow God to some places you've never been before? Amen. Has anyone ever taken advice on someone just on good, just on just, just, just out of just, uh, a, a, a reference, a referral, just, just blind faith. And that's what Abraham did. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and with Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. Amen. It goes on. For he was looking forward to a city, for he that had foundations, whose designer and whose builder was God. And scroll, we're going to jump down just a little bit. Verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar off, having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Verse 14, for people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would, they would have had the opportunity to return. However, but as it is, they desire a better country. That it is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God as he has prepared for them a city. 17, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. He who had received the promise was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. One more verse. He considered that God was able to even raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive back. All right? And we're going to talk about Abraham tonight. I want us to pray. I'm going to ask the Lord to just give us some inspiration of faith, some understanding uh, that we find here in the book of Hebrews as, res- as it relates to the life of Abraham. Let's pray one more time. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, God, in the name of Jesus, we just pray that over the next few moments, God, that you would just minister to our hearts, minister to our minds, minister to our life. God, I pray, God, that you would just build our faith today God, through the life story of Abraham. Father, we ask it right now in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. <clears throat> amen. I don't know about you, but I, uh, I enjoy, uh, I have enjoyed, I, the, I have enjoyed eating out historically uh, throughout my life. Um, actually the older I get actually even recently as prices have been going up and it's expensive to drive anywhere and it's expensive to, to eat out. I just, just kind of like, uh, eating at home more and more than I ever have, but I, I do like eating out and just over the course of time, I have just, you know, learned that, uh, you know, that I don't always trust myself when it comes to looking over a menu. Um, you know, it's just sometimes it can be so stressful. You get into a, a restaurant and you're just looking over the menu and maybe you're talking or maybe you're just enjoying your company and uh, you just, maybe you're late looking over the menu, the waiter or the waitress comes and uh, you just, sometimes you're, you're rushed to make a decision and, you know, everything looks good or at least a lot of things look good and and, uh, you know, so often I, I have found that, you know, you pick something, you just you scour the menu, you look over the ingredients, you just you do your best to, to try to find the thing that is just going to just absolutely just uh, just scratch that itch of, of your appetite for that particular occasion. And, and so often it just for whatever reason, the meal just doesn't quite. Uh, just doesn't quite uh, measure up to what you were hoping. Has anyone ever had that experience? Uh, and and it just you know you wish you would have got something else, or maybe someone else gets something uh, off the menu, and you just you get food envy. And uh, what I have learned over time is that this is kind of my go-to here is 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 
one of the first things I'll do when the waitress comes is ask them, what is the most popular thing on the menu or what is the best thing on the menu? And whether I've had it or not or whether it's something that I would normally get or not, I will typically go off of the referral or the recommendation of the person that has experienced uh, everything that there is to offer and is giving me advice on what is going to be the thing that I'm most likely going to enjoy or that others have enjoyed. And and so, and so I have just learned, I have just learned that sometimes you've got to just step out by faith and you've got to just take the, the waiter or the waitress at their word and, and oftentimes it works out better that way. Sometimes you just try something you never had before and, uh, and you find that you like things that maybe you'd never had. Sometimes in life you've got to just kind of step out of your comfort zone you got to march off your map. you got to order off your menu. And you got to be willing to go places that you've never been, try things you've never tried, and experience things in life that you've never experienced. Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. And so that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to talk about how faith will oftentimes allow us to, to do that very thing, to allow God to take us to places that we have never been, so that we can experience things we've never experienced. We can... We can see things we've never seen, and we can go places in God that we've never been. Amen? That's what faith allowed Abraham to do. Now, we've been taking this journey of faith in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, and we've looked at these three characters up to this, this point, these three individuals in the Bible that the author of Hebrews, inspired by the Holy Ghost, has given us as inspiration of faith for us, that, that, that what they experienced through their faith that we too can experience also by faith. And we looked at Abel, and we looked at Enoch, and we looked at Noah. If you want to pull them up, we find that, that this is a very just important sequence. It's not by coincidence that the Bible gives us these first three individuals in Scripture uh, that, that in the order in which it is given, because we find that the Scripture is building for us a case. It's, it's really kind of filling out a picture of what faith can accomplish not only in these individuals' lives, but in our life. And we find that by faith that Abel was accepted by God. If you remember, Abel offered a sacrifice that was better than his brother's. And by putting God first, that God accepted his offering. And we find that through faith that we too can be accepted by God. Aren't you thankful that just like the Bible tells us when we studied the book of Romans, that by faith... Uh, in Jesus Christ, that we can find justification and we can find salvation, that through our faith in Christ, not on our own works or our own merits or our own righteousness, but by Christ's perfect work, that faith in Him, that we can find acceptance with God. Amen? But, but, but faith takes us further than just being accepted of God, but we find that faith allowed a man by the name of Enoch to not only be accepted by God and to be pleasing in God's eyes, but Enoch found a relationship with God, a walk with God. We find that this man Enoch walked with God his whole life. Not only was he accepted by God, but he, through faith, walked with God. And he was rewarded as a result of his faith and his walk with God. That, that just as Enoch walked with God for his entire life, we too, if we will walk with God, will receive the reward that Enoch received. And that is that we will, that we will be taken up, that we will be where, where Jesus is. That if we will serve God for all of our life, whether we are raptured or whether we're resurrected, we too can receive a reward, an inheritance of eternal life with Jesus Christ. But, but not only did Abel find acceptance with God, not only did Enoch find a relationship with God, we find that Noah was saved by, by God. And it's these three characters, these pre-flood individuals in the Bible that we find kind of a, a pattern of full Bible salvation, that we find that acceptance, that sanctification, and that ultimately that, that, uh, a, a theological term glorification, we find that we can find a, a saving grace, a saving faith uh, through our faith in God, that, that we can be accepted by God, that we can walk with God, and that ultimately if we'll keep on walking with God, we can be saved Amen. Out of this world and find an eternal home in heaven. And that brings us here to this next character that we're going to look at tonight. The father of faith. This man by the name of Abraham. That the scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8-10, through 10, that Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he would receive later as an inheritance. And he went out. He followed his calling. He followed the voice of God without even knowing where he was going. 
He went to a place. He followed God. He trusted God. He believed God enough to allow God to lead him into a place, into a land that he had never yet experienced, seen, or had been. It goes on and it says, in, in verse 10, it says, uh, not only did he, did, he, did he go out, but he was looking forward to a city whose firm foundations and whose architect and builder was God. And so we find this man Abraham in the Bible here, this great father of the faith, this incredible figure, that Abraham was a man that who his, by his faith, if you can read that, Abraham was called to follow God to a place that he had never been. And I just want to tell you today that you and I have more similarities to Abraham than we realize. Because what, what, what you will find and what I have found over the course of my life, having been serving God, I was kind of calculating it up. I started serving God in, my goodness, 1999. My word, I didn't even know that was a year so long ago. Can you believe that? I've been walking with God and serving God since I was a teenager. And what I have found is that not only will faith allow you to find an acceptance with God, a walk with God, and, and salvation from God, but faith is going to take you to some places maybe you've never been before. And I just want to give you just a heads up tonight that if you serve God long enough, can I get a witness? That sometimes you're following after the will of God and following after the plan of God and following after the purposes of God in your life will oftentimes take you to some places that you never thought you'd go. It would take you into some relationships that you never could have imagined and you will experience some things by following God that you never could have otherwise had you not decided to follow after the calling, the plan, and the purpose of God in your life. And that's an exciting thing. Amen? How many are thankful that, that God has marched you off of your maps a time or two? He's, he's allowed you to order off of your menu a time or two. Amen? That you've experienced some relationships and some seasons and some blessings in your life that you could have never even imagined or envisioned had you not decided to follow God by faith. My pastor used to say all the time, he said, don't try to plan your life. Because if you try to plan your life, you will always underplan. In other words, God has more for your life than you could have ever imagined, dreamed, or envisioned had you not decided just to follow God wherever He leads you. Amen? And that's the testimony of Abraham. And so we find this man Abraham back in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 5. We find that this man Abraham was just, he was just, he was a, he was living in, the, in a city called the Ur of Chaldees, which is modern day, it's southern Iraq. And he was just living his life. He was, a, he was a pagan, he was a heathen, he was not serving God, he worshiped idols. He was in a city that was, we believe, to be just a very populated city. It was a, it was a metropolitan city, if you will, in those days. It was a big city. And all of a sudden, this man Abraham is just living his life, going about his business, just, just doing his thing, working his job living his life, and all of a sudden, God begins to get a hold of Abraham's heart. Abram in, that, in those days, his name was Abram. And God begins to deal with Abram, and God begins to speak to Abram, and God begins to draw Abram into this relationship and this calling like, like you and I. That one day we were just living our life, and all of a sudden God began just kind of interrupting our normal, our, 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 our normal life and began just speaking purpose and speaking divine direction into our life. And so we find the call of Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 5. We find that the Bible says, Now the Lord said to Abram, the same person, Abraham, that, that God eventually changed his name to Abraham. Um, Abram means high father. Abraham means a father of many or a multitude. Nevertheless, now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country. Look at this. God speaks to Abraham. I want you to leave your country and your people, and your father's house, to a land that I will show you. Get this. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you, and I will make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. Verse 3, and I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. My word. And so Abram, get this, he didn't hem-haw around. He went as the Lord had told him, and, the, and Lot went with him. 
And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan when they came to the land of Canaan. Verse 6 is, one more, is that it? Verse 5. And so what we find here is that, yeah, that's right, is that we find here is that Abram was just living his life, going about his business, working his job, just living his life, married to his wife, just, just going about his normal routine. He didn't grow up in a, in a Christian home. He didn't grow up in a religious home. There was no Christian home. There was no, there was no Judaism at the day, in that time. He was just serving the pagans of that day. And the Bible says that he was living all the way over here in what is modern day. Man, that's not very clear, and I apologize. Abram originated in an Ur of Chaldees that we find in Genesis 11 and 12. And all of a sudden, God begins speaking to him. Abram, I know you, you, you don't know what I'm doing. I, don't know where, I know you don't know where I'm taking you. I know you don't know all that I have planned for you or my purpose for you. But Abram, I want you to leave where you are, and I want you to travel all the way over, not only to Haran, but I want you to go into the land of Canaan, which is modern-day Israel. He said, I know you've never seen Israel, you've never been to Israel or Canaan, you've never heard of it, you've never, you, you, you have no prior experience, there's no reason, you don't have any family there, you don't have any network there, you don't, you don't have a job waiting on you there, but, but Abram, I want you to leave where you are and I want you to go to a land that I'm going to tell you, and if you will obey me, if you will go, if you will follow after me, I'm going to be with you, Abram, and, and not only am I going to be with you, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you, and I'm going to take care of you every step of the way, and I'm going to do more in your life than you could have ever imagined if you will just follow me by faith. So what we find here is the Bible tells us that Abram was willing to trust God with his life. Back up to that, that previous text here. That, that slide, previous slide, is that Abram was willing to do something that sometimes that we are not willing to do in our life, that sometimes God takes us to a place of, of faith, a crossroads of faith, that, that we have to be willing to step out from where we are, to step out from the comforts and the conveniences of our current life, our current situation sometimes, our, our current home, our, our current relationships, to when we feel the calling of God uh, leading us and guiding us into a new season and in a new place to, to follow God to where He is leading. Amen? Amen. JC, you could probably relate to that. You were in California a few months ago. The weather was probably nice, and now you've got cold weather. It's coming and changing as leaves, but sometimes in life we've got to follow God where He leads us. Let's go back to that slide that, you, that, that uh, uh, says that by faith, Abram was called to follow God to a place he had never been. Amen? That's what happens. We find here that, number one, Abraham was called to follow God to a place he had never been. Abraham was willing to follow God beyond his past tradition in order to pursue a relationship with God for himself. Right? Now what we find here is that Abraham was willing to leave behind his family's tradition or religion. He was willing to, to, to leave behind even his family that was not willing to go to follow him the whole way. And also, he was willing to leave his comforts and his conveniences. That there was a lot that Abraham had to give up in order to obtain all that God had for him. And sometimes you're going to find yourself at a place, crossroads, where God is asking you to step out from where you are to go to a place that you've not seen, and you're going to have to trust God to take care of you along the way. Now, the first thing that Abraham was willing to do is he was willing to follow God beyond his past tradition or his religion. Now we know of Abraham, we don't know a whole lot about the Ur of the Chaldees, but the Bible is very clear that, that, that Abraham was, he was not, he didn't, he wasn't selected or called because he was some kind of a, you know, a, a good Christian. In fact, there were no Christians, there was no Jewish religion. He was the beginning of the Jewish religion. He was just a pagan worshiper. We find that in Joshua chapter 24 verses 2 through 3. The Bible gives us a little bit of insight into into Abraham's kind of religious background. And this is, this is the book of, uh, this is Joshua. Joshua said to all the people, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. He's kind of recounting the life of Abraham to the people. And he says, long ago your fathers lived beyond the Euphrates or in, or in Mesopotamia. Terah, the father of Abraham, 
and of Nahor, and they served other gods. They were just serving other religions, other gods. They were, they were, they were in their own religion. They were, they were apart from God. They didn't know God. They didn't have a relationship with God. They were serving their own idols and their own tradition and their own religion. And then what does it say? Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and made his offspring many, and I gave him Isaac. And so we find a little context here is that when the time that God was calling Abraham to leave, to go into the land of Canaan, to a place he had never been, that Abraham, that Abraham was, 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 was a part of a, 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 a pagan religion that was serving idols, that he had a tradition and he had a religion that God was calling him to leave behind. Now, I know that many of us in here today have, have testimonies that we can relate to like Abraham, that maybe you were you grew up in a traditional home or you grew up in a religious home or a non-religious home. I know I grew up in a Catholic home and and uh, at the age of 16, 17 years old, we now we called ourselves Catholic, but we were not really practicing Catholics or devout Catholics. We would go to Mass on occasion. Um, and you know, I kind of had this just kind of ambiguous or rather vague uh, just understanding of God. I kind of had a, a thought, my my kind of view of God was that he was this big grandfather on a in, on the cloud with a big beard and and he kind of had a hammer and if you did something bad he was mad at you and if you did something good he was he was proud of you and if if you had a bad day when you died you're probably going to go to hell but if you were doing a good that day you're going to go to heaven or maybe they were taking tabs and if you did more bad than good then that would determine and i had this very distorted just kind of religious view of god and uh, it was about the age of 17 16 17 years old god began just kind of dealing with my life, and he began convicting me of things in my life and began drawing me and began making me just kind of uncomfortable with where I was spiritually. And, and just like Abraham, sometimes God will call us out of our tradition. God calls us out of our religion. God calls us out of our current theological framework in order to step out of religion into relationship with him. Amen? And we've got to be willing to take that journey with God. We've got to be willing to allow God to show us new things, to take us further, to allow us to experience things that we otherwise would not have experienced if, if we were not willing to be obedient to the calling and the purpose and the plan of God in our life. And so Abraham was willing to let go of his past tradition in order to pursue a relationship with God for himself. Look what, look what Jesus said in John chapter 12. He said, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. Amen? Because where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. In other words, what Jesus is saying, if you want to serve me, if you want to know me, if you want to be involved in what I'm involved in, if you want to do what I'm doing, if you want to be where I am, you have got to be willing to follow me even beyond our past traditions, our past theology, our past religion. We've got to be willing to follow God where he takes us. Amen. All right, and so he left his past tradition. But not only that, look at this. Abraham was willing to follow God, uh, not only to a place he had never been, but was willing to follow God beyond even where his family was willing to go. Now, this is a big, a big step of faith. Amen. It's just this is plain teaching tonight, but th this is important. Abraham was called to follow God to a place he had never been, even if it meant he was willing to follow God beyond even where his family was willing to go. Amen. That's tough, isn't it? Sometimes it's not easy following after God and serving God when you have loved ones that aren't willing to go with you. That can be very hard and a very painful thing. Amen? Whether they just don't believe or whether they're just not willing to just, just to, to go with you. And what we find about what's interesting about Abraham is that we find that God spoke to Abraham in a, in a land called the Ur of the Chaldees. And he, he took his family, even his father, Terah, halfway, uh, halfway of his journey to a place um, called Haran. 
And the Bible says that he kind of stopped there in Haran for a while. That his father went with him. That his household went with him. That, that his faith journey started. He left his homeland. He went to Haran. His father and his household came with him. And then he kind of stopped in his progress. He didn't go any further than Haran for a while. And the Bible says it was there in Haran that, that his father, Terah, died. And it wasn't until his father, Terah, died that he was able somehow or willing to go the rest of the way. Now let's look, take a look at Acts chapter 7, verse 2. The Bible kind of speaks to this a little bit. Go to Acts chapter 7 here as, as Stephen is preaching his final sermon before he is martyred. And he begins to, to reference Abraham. He says, Brethren and fathers, listen, the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, Ur of the Chaldees, before he dwelt in Haran. All right? He says, and he said to him, get out of your country and from your relatives and come to a land that I will show you. He says, then he came out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Haran. And from there, when his father was dead, get this, he dwelt in Haran. He, he made some progress. And from there, when his father was dead, he moved him to his land in which you, which you now dwell. In other words, and God gave him no inheritance in it, not even enough to set foot. Uh, Abraham, no child promised to him for a possession to his descendants after him. In other words, just let me paint the picture here. What we find is, is Abraham's dad, that God spoke to Abraham when he was all the way back in Ur of Chaldees. And for whatever reason, the Bible says that, 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 Haran, uh, that Haran went with him a portion of the journey. But somewhere along the way, even though God had been calling Abraham to go to Canaan, for whatever reason, they stopped halfway along their journey to Haran. And it was there that he just, he, just, he just stopped in his progress. He didn't go any further. The Bible, some scholars think it was about five years that he was there in Haran, halfway between Ur of Chaldees where he started to Canaan to where God was taking him. And it was there that, that, that Abraham didn't go any further, that, that Haran would not go any further, that for whatever reason that the Bible would indicate that it wasn't until Haran was no longer, or Terah, his dad, was in the picture that, that Abraham was released or willing or able to go the rest of the way. Now, we don't know exactly why that is, but, 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 uh, uh, but what we know is that Abraham had more to the journey that his father was willing to go or able to go and it wasn't until Abraham was willing to even leave behind his family that he was able to experience all of what God had promised him I want to read here a commentary this is a great book uh, it's it's called a great cloud of witnesses E.W. Bollinger and it's about just Hebrews chapter 11. And I want to just read this here quickly. It says, For Terah, his father, to have taken Abraham, Abraham must have told him of the vision he had seen of the glorious God. In other words, in order for Terah, his dad, to take him to Haran, Abraham must have shared with him the vision that God had given him to go to Canaan. And so what we find here is, is God calls Abraham. Abraham's excited about the call of God. He shares with his dad this, this thing that God is doing in his life. And so his dad is willing to, 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 to buy into his faith, to buy into this, 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 this calling. And, and they, they leave together on this faith journey. And the Bible says that, that Terah must have believed Abraham. But how much he believed, we are not told. He must have believed enough to make him leave Ur of the Chaldees and take Abraham with all his family and go to Haran, but not enough to make him go up all, to give up all of his idols or to go on into Canaan. For, for we find that these idols were still lingering in the family of his great-grandson Laban. For whatever reason, whether from age or for health or for unbelief, Abraham's dad never got further than Haran. For it is emphatically recorded that they came to Haran and dwelt there. Whereas it is as emphatically stated that when Abraham left Haran to go into the land of Canaan, into the land of Canaan they came, Abraham's ancestors dwelt in Haran, and his descendants dwelt in Egypt, but Abraham himself sojourned into Canaan. God has given us a sufficient explanation of the delay of five years in Haran, where of these two migrations of Abraham we read, then came he out of the land of Chaldeans and dwelt in Haran. And from thence, when his father was dead, he removed him into the land wherein you now dwell. Whatever it was that hindered Abraham's complete obedience, 
Terah, his father's death ended it. In other words, what it's saying is that, that his father bought in with, to, the, to the calling of Abraham to a certain extent, but it wasn't until Abraham was able or willing to go the rest of the way that God was able to give him all that he had. And, and sometimes this is a hard reality of life that, that when we serve God or when we come to the church or when we find God taking, taking us on a faith journey or leading us and guiding us into places or areas or seasons or experiences, experiences or a calling that that maybe our family can't or is not willing to relate to that sometimes we're not going to be able to fully embrace the full plan of God until we are willing to step out of faith even beyond what our family to a place where our family is willing to go with us amen I remember the first several years of my life that when, I, when God really got a hold of me uh, no family w- went to church with me in fact, I remember one, one experience just was so discouraging at the time. I remember as I was getting ready to leave for church, my dad and my brother were there in the living room, and they were, they were watching a show or something. And, and uh, as I was getting ready to go to church, uh, my dad just kind of made a, just a very just, just rude comment about, just about me going to church one more time. And, and it just was very hurtful. It was very discouraging. There was no family there to take me. There was no no. no no one there to support me or encourage me. I, I remember I, I, the church I was going to at the time, I didn't have a whole lot of friends. And, and so I was just kind of showing up. And, and some of you remember, I just sit there by myself. But, 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 but it was because I, I knew God was doing something in my life. And I knew God was calling me to something. And I knew what God was doing in my life was greater than anything that I, ha- that I was experiencing up to that moment. And I was willing that even if my friends or my family or my coworkers or whoever else wasn't willing to go, that this was a journey of faith that I wanted to take even if others weren't willing to go with me. Sometimes we have to make those hard decisions. That in order to embrace all that God has for us, we have to be willing to go where even our own family won't go with us. And that doesn't mean that we're rude or we're disrespectful or we're hateful or we burn bridges. That is not what I'm saying. We're not a cult. We're not asking people to isolate themselves from loved ones. But what I'm saying is by faith, what I am telling you is that there's some places that, that people you love and that people you care about are not going to be willing to go with you. But you know that God is calling you to someplace greater. God is calling you to something different. That God has a different purpose and plan for your life. Amen? And Abraham was willing to follow God beyond, a, beyond even where his family was, was willing to take him. Let's go to 1 John 3.1. 1 John 3, 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because the world didn't know Him. In other words, that, that, that when, we, when we embrace the full plan of God, that we are adopted into the family of God. You know, Jesus said that whatever you give up in this life, whether it be, what did He say? Whether it be fields or family or whatever, that... That, that whatever you give up in this life, that you'll receive not only in this life, but in the world to come. That, In other words, that if we were willing to let go of some things in order to, to grab a hold of God, that God's going to take care of us. If we let go of a family, that God's going to give us a spiritual family, that God is going to surround us with people of faith that will love us and encourage us and support us and affirm us and help us on our faith journey. Amen? Amen. Not only that, not only did Abraham... In pursuit of the calling of God, not only was he willing to leave his homeland, he was willing to leave or go beyond even where his family went, but we find that Abraham was called to follow God to a place uh, of familiarity. Abraham was willing to follow God beyond a familiar place so that he could experience the fullness of God's promise. Abraham, his faith, allowed him to follow God beyond a familiar place so that he could experience the fullness of God's promise. I want to tell you, I hope you don't think that God is done with your life yet. Amen? God has more for your life. And, and we have got to be willing that if God is leading me, if God is directing me, if God is guiding me, if I'm being led by the Spirit and I'm in the Word of God, God's going to show me things. God's going to take me places. God's going to allow me to experience things that might be off of our just kind of map, so to speak. God wants to show us some items on the menu that we've never tried before. I can tell you, I remember 
So you've heard the story, but when I was 16, God got a hold of my life, and I had a dramatic experience. It was a repentance experience. I, I, for the first time in my life, I really put my faith in Christ for myself. I repented of my sins. It was like my heart, my mind was transformed. And for the first time in my life at the age of 16 years old, I wanted to live for God. I wanted to go to church. I wanted to read the Bible. I wanted to pray. I, want, I, just, I, I wanted to know. I remember my first real confession, repentance. I was driving in a car with my friend who was witnessing to me. And I just remember saying, I just want to be the best Christian I can be. He shared the gospel. And I just, my response was, I just want to be the best Christian. And so at the age, it was age of 16, I started going to church. And we got involved in a youth group. And several of my friends were, 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 were getting into church. And I just, man, I, I wanted to be church all the time. And, um, and, and, you know, I was involved. And I was just serving. And, I, and, and uh, just, you know, just living for God. And I thank God for ch the church that we are at. As I was studying the Bible about a year and a half in to just, you know, living for God, I mean, I really just became zealous uh, for, for the things of God. And, and I look back now, I realize it was God kind of dealing with me. But as I was reading the Bible, I would just kind of see things in the Scripture that just, just, just stirred a, I would say, a rebellious curiosity about things that our church wasn't teaching or just they just they had no kind of framework for or there was no place in the church just like things the gifts of the spirit or you know I kept just seeing this baptism of the Holy Spirit what is this or like these miracles just you know baptism in Jesus name or just some of these things that we read in the book of Acts I, I just you know it's just like it was intriguing to me and I would go to my small group leader and I would go to, to trusted leaders and I would ask them about some of the things that I was reading about in the Bible and they would just say you know those things don't really exist anymore those things don't exist, you know, for Christians. They died with the apostles, and you know, we read about it. It's a historical record, but it's not really something that a Christian can experience anymore. And I just, something in me just, just knew that that was not right. Knew that if that's in the Bible, I just have to believe it. And I've, furthermore, I've heard other people talk about it, and I've heard other people experience it. So I'm just curious. And so, so I began just kind of talking to other Christians in my high school, and there was this one kid. His name was Brandon Colbert. And he was a kid that, I mean, he was, he was crazy, but, you know, he, he, his heart was right. And, uh, he, he would bring a tambourine to church all, or to, to high school all the time. And, and I just knew there was something different about him. I didn't know what it was, but there was something different about him. And, and so I remember talking to him, uh, me and my other friend who, who, who uh, got, into, got into church about the same time. We just wanted to go visit his church. Uh, we didn't even know what it was, but we, we kind of knew it was a spirit-filled church, and that was kind of what we were interested in, just kind of checking out. And so we we visited at Christ Church Apostolic, uh, right on Grandview Road in Indianapolis, and had never been to a church like this. It was a big church, and um, we went in there. And long story short, the preacher uh, James Tyson was preaching about the Holy Spirit, and, and uh, I'm telling you, I had never been in a, in an environment like that. And on one hand, I was extremely uncomfortable. But on the other hand, I was feeling something that I had never felt. And, and, and I sincerely, I could just, there was, I was discerning that there was something about this place. There was something about what I was feeling myself that I just, I just couldn't shake it. And, uh, and I remember that I, I came down, the service was over. My friend came down from the choir loft and he said, he said, would you like to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? And honestly, I didn't even know what it was. And again, that just kind of rebellious curiosity just kind of stirred up me. I said, yeah, absolutely. And so, <laughs> you know, I was getting myself into. So they, they asked us to come down uh, to, uh, to the altar area, to the prayer room. And, uh, <clears throat> and me and my, my, my best friend at the time, Scott Newton, he would go on to play rugby at IU. And he was a tough guy. And just, I mean, he was, he was, he was I knew him my whole life. We had, we we had gotten in a lot of trouble together, and I'd never seen this kid cry. He was just one of the toughest dudes I'd ever met. And, uh, and we went in that prayer room, and long story short, we started praying and just seeking God. And all of a sudden, my friend starts crying, and speaking in tongues. And even more than the speaking in tongues, the fact that he was crying was, to me, an undeniable evidence that something had just happened in his life that, to me, I had never seen him cry. And he said something to the effect that was one of the most incredible things I've ever experienced. And I knew whatever it was, it was genuine. Something had just happened to him. 
And even though I'd heard him speak in tongues, to me, it was, him crying was really the thing. And I kind of felt bad at the time because I was like, well, I must be doing something wrong because that didn't happen to me. And, uh, and this sweet sister, I was ready to quit. I was ready to just leave. I was just kind of had enough. And uh, this sweet sister came over to me and she said, she said, God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. God wants to, to fill you with his spirit. And, uh, and you're just so close. You're just so close. Would you just, would you just pray one more time? Why don't we just pray one more time? And she's very encouraging. And, um, and so I kind of, you know, in that moment, you know, I didn't really know what to do. And so I just, even more than anything, just to kind of make her happy or appease her, I, I just, I agreed. And she said, you know, why don't you just close your eyes and lift your hand one more time? And why don't you just begin to thank God and just begin to thank him for just everything he's done in your life and is doing in your life. And one way that you can thank him is just by saying, you know, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Just worship God. And, and I'm not kidding you, in that moment, so I, I just kind of did it. I lifted my hand. I started praying. And it was just within a couple of moments, all of the sudden, I experienced the presence of God just fill my heart. Like just it was like a like an explosion of just God's joy and love, and I began speaking a language I had never even I had never even would have imagined, and I was just overcome by just emotion in that moment. And and I remember I just kind of just stopped myself, and I remember just and they were just you know rejoicing. God filled me with the Holy Ghost. And I remember just saying, I feel like God has walked through me. Like I didn't even know how to experience, explain it. But what I tell that story for, when God filled me with the Holy Ghost first time, I didn't have a theological framework for that. I didn't have a past experience with that. I didn't know anything about that. But it was a part of God's plan and a part of God's will. And what I'm saying is that sometimes in following God, we have to be willing to allow God to take us to some places that we've never been experienced or seen in order to, to receive all that God would have for our life. Amen? That sometimes in our faith journey, sometimes in following God, God wants to take us to some places that we may have never experienced, but if we will be willing... And bold enough to just follow God wherever His Word leads us, wherever His Spirit leads us. And I want to tell you, we're going to experience some things on God's menu that we may not have ordered on our own. Hear me right now. Might not have ordered that on your own, but my goodness, I'm so thankful I took the advice of the waiter or the waitress or the preacher and said, there's something on this menu that you don't want to miss and it's a popular menu item. And if you get it, if you order it, I'm telling you, you're not going to be unsatisfied. And I'm telling you, that's kind of how faith is sometimes. you got to just be willing to step out of your tradition. Step out of even what your family's telling you to do. Step out of even your own comfort level or personal experience and just say, God, I'm ready to just take your word uh, for myself. I'm ready to follow you, to serve you. I want everything you have for my life. When we do, I'm telling you, God will show us some things that we've never seen. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 42, verse 16. Get this, don't be afraid. I will lead the blind in a way that they do not know. And paths that they, get this, that they have not known, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness before them into light the rough places into level ground. These are the things that I do, says the Lord. I do these things. I want to take you places that you, that you can't picture yourself. I want to take you places and do things in your life and accomplish things in your life that if you will trust me that you could have never imagined. These are the things that I do and I do not forsake them. I want to tell somebody today, I just feel it in the Lord. Don't you underestimate what God wants to do in your life. Amen. If you'll just follow the Word of God, follow the Spirit of God, the calling of God like Abraham, I want to tell you, God is going to take you some places. He's going to bless you. He's going to use you. He's going to anoint you. He's going to move in your life in ways that you could have never imagined if you'll follow Him. Stand with me tonight. I'm very thankful. I'm very thankful. You know, the Bible says that Abraham... And we're going to look at this next week. 
not only was he called, but he was a sojourner. In other words, he was a wanderer. He dwelled in tents. He didn't have a home. He didn't have a, a, a nice fancy palace. He didn't have anything special. He was just following God. And he was willing to, to, to do so out of a tent. The Bible says that, 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 that when Abraham finally arrived in the land of Canaan, that God met him there. And that's kind of how faith is sometimes. I'm telling, let me just tell you right now, and this is where I'm, I'm, I'm at this place in my own life right now. God will tell you to, to take a step to do something that is bold that you would not have done in your own rational mind sometimes. Never outside of the Word of God. Let me just be clear. It's never outside of clear teaching of Scripture or principles of God's Word. Sometimes God will ask you to, do, to take a step and you don't see where your foot's going to land. You have no idea. This doesn't make sense. But what I have found is when God is in it and God tells you, you know God spoke to you, and you're willing to just step out of the boat, what you'll find is when you arrive at where God told you to go, God will, that's when God will appear. When Abraham arrived in the land, God appeared to him a second time. And God began to fill in the rest of the picture. And God told him, I'm going to give you a son. And through that son, you're going to, you're going to have a nation that's going to come out of you. And, and I'm going to bless the world through you. And, and what Abraham didn't realize is when God was calling him out of Canaan, that there was a whole other part of this calling that Abraham was yet to experience. You're going to have a child. And he's going to have a, and out of him are going to come a, a, a tribes and a nation. And out of that nation is going to come the Messiah. And I'm going to come to this earth through your, through your seed. And I'm going to bring salvation to the world. But Abraham, you've got to be willing to just step out by faith. And some of us are in that place right now. We've got to be willing to just trust God. Amen? I'll say this, I remember when we, uh, and I'm going to pray here just a second. When God called us to come to this church, the door was open. And, uh, well, even before that, we just, we felt God, we, we were at a place in our life, we were just serving in our home church, we felt God just, just stirring us that there was more in store. We didn't know what it was. We just felt there was more for us. And I remember coming home one night. We were both frustrated. We just made a decision. You know what? We just feel like God has more. So we're going to sell our house. We're going to pay off the debt, we, a little bit of debt we had at the time. And we're just going to go to our pastor. And we're just going to say we're debt-free. We sold our house. We just, we just want to be used in ministry. We, just, we feel God is calling us to be used in ministry. We didn't, we didn't have any sort of offers or opportunity at the time. We were just stepping out by faith. And I remember the day, the day after we closed on our house, we got a call from Nick Sr. and said, hey, we're stepping down. We want to know if you would consider yourself to pastor this church the day after. And we went through the whole process. We went through the whole process. Uh, and, and the house closed. It, well, the house did close. The day after it closed, we were voted in. And for me, that was just kind of a, a moment in my life where we just took a step of faith and God met us the rest of the way. Sometimes He just is waiting for you to step out from your family, step out from your tradition, step out from your familiarity or your comforts. And when you do, when you arrive at that land, that's where God is going to meet you next to show you the next step. Amen. Let's pray. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you.